When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pensburg Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Behanna, and as always, alongside me is fellow Pensburg writer Robbie Noggle. Uh, Robbie, we, we reconvened last time, last week, I should say. We reconvened last week for the first time uh, since the summer months, and the Penguins are back in action tonight as we record this episode of the Pensburg Podcast. Uh, we record this right now at uh, 5.30 Eastern time, so the puck hasn't dropped just yet, but regular season hockey is finally here. No more preseason to talk about, no more training camp. How are you feeling now that the puck is getting ready to be dropped later this evening? I feel good. It's a, it's a great time of year. I'm really happy that finally after a long summer of kind of uh, a lot of drama there, at least at the beginning, that uh, we're back, the band's back together, and it's just about time for Penguins hockey. Uh, we get it going uh, right away tonight, even though the season's technically already started for the NHL. The uh, Pens uh, here Thursday night, uh, a little after we record this, uh, but it's good to be back. That it is, Robbie. It is good to be back in the saddle. And well, we don't have a lot of uh, a lot of action to talk about in in this week's episode. Obviously, we recapped most of the preseason last week. Um, so I guess what we can do is basically give a, a surface level discussion about tonight's game against the Arizona Coyotes. Some of the storylines that have followed the Penguins into that game and uh, where the Penguins might go from here as they look to get off and start the season on the right foot. Uh, looking at the Arizona Coyotes, Robbie, um, what's the the nicest descriptor you can use for a team like the Arizona Coyotes who are, I don't want to say a mess in all facets of the organization, but they're a, they're a team that is clearly looking to stockpile draft picks. I don't want to use the word tank because I know the, the NHL and the rest of the professional sports leagues discourage tanking, but it, it could be a battle between the Arizona Coyotes and the Chicago Blackhawks for uh, which team has the worst record and the fewest amount of points. Uh, the, the Coyotes are, are not in a position to win many games this year. The Penguins should handle their business, I would think, at home 
they would have some jump in the first game of the season. I saw some talk on Twitter, Robbie, that uh, even if it is game one of 82, the Coyotes are projected to be so poor that a few people projected this game to be a potential trap game before game number two against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So do you do you see this as a trap game for the Penguins, or do you think the, the pomp and circumstance of game number one at home the, the gang's back together, like you said. Do you think the, the trap game nonsense kind of gets thrown out the window? I, I have a feeling the Penguins are probably going to win this game by a couple of goals, maybe something like a 6-2 to two or a 7-2 to two or 7-3 to three kind of thing. That, that's how poor I think the Coyotes are. But I'll hand it over to you. What do you make of tonight's game against the Coyotes? I If this gives a game in like the middle of the season or even the second half of the season – with Tampa Bay on deck, I could say it'd be more of a trap game. But being that this is the first game of the year, it's a home game. These guys are ready to get going. All the attention has been focused on uh, getting ready for this night. That I think all their focus is going to be on getting past the Coyotes, uh, not looking ahead. They're just so they've been. This is basically what they've been preparing for for since last season ended. Nothing to do with Tampa Bay. It didn't matter who the opponent was going to be tonight. Uh, it just happened to be a very not good Coyotes team, a team that's kind of lost, uh, kind of wandering, fittingly wandering their way through the desert uh, at the moment with no real direction. But again, it's the NHL. Anybody can beat you on any night. The Coyotes are going to play hard. They do have some... Uh, some names in there that can put the puck in the net. But I think the Penguins are just going to be so focused on this game tonight, um, get the season going. They want to get it off on a good foot after everything that went on this summer, the uncertainty with Malkin, Latang, Rust, Raquel. Uh, they're all back. This is the bands back together again. It's a lot of what we saw last year. They They're still trying to go out there and prove that they have enough left in the tank to make another run, and they want to make a good impression right off the bat. And I think that they don't overlook this Coyotes team. Mike Sullivan uh, is one of, if not the best coach in the league. He's going to have them ready to go tonight uh, and get them ready uh, for this game against Arizona. And then after that business is hopefully taken care of, then the shift focuses uh, to Tampa Bay uh, on on Tuesday or on Saturday night and. Uh, listen, I'll say, I mean, I know it's a home game. It's a great way to start off the season, but enjoy these home games while they last because we only get three before um, they really head out on the road this uh, the rest of this month and even in the next month uh, before Thanksgiving. So enjoy the home atmosphere tonight. Um, uh, but I think the Penguins are going to be solely focused on the Coyotes, uh, just because if this is a game in like January, February, I'd say maybe there might be a little chance that the Penguins are overlooking them if, if a team like Tampa was next up. But all the focus has been geared on getting ready for this game. Uh, and Mike Sullivan, I believe, will have this team ready and raring to go when the puck drops. And I expect the Penguins uh, to win uh, this game and set, start their season off strong while maybe even giving the Coyotes a glimpse of what could be a very long season uh, down in the desert in, in, in the Phoenix area. I'd have to agree with you there, Robbie. And you bring up a good point. It's kind of a, a kind of a, a tale 
uh, of two different spectrums, uh, the tail end of two different spectrums for the Penguins as they start the season against the Coyotes, who, uh, like we both said, uh, aren't really going anywhere this season. And then a, a still loaded Tampa Bay side comes to town. But you, you brought up a good point regarding where the Penguins go on the road as we get into the back end of October. They'll be in Montreal on October 17th. They come home for a home game against the Los Angeles Kings. And then they're on the road for the rest of October, uh, starting on October 22nd. They're at Columbus. Then they have a, a West Coast trip basically right out of the gate at Edmonton and at Calgary back-to-back on the 24th and the 25th, at Vancouver and at Seattle back-to-back on the 28th and 29th. So uh, the, the the Penguins and the schedule makers are, are getting that West Coast road trip looks like out of the way early. Maybe it's a good thing for the Penguins. They, they, they get the West Coast jitters out of the way. Who knows? We'll have to see how they're playing uh, when those games come along at the end of the month. So uh, looking ahead and looking deeper into tonight's game, one of the bigger storylines, uh, thankfully everybody, all of the main players are healthy. Uh, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, Tristan Jari. Uh, Jari obviously specifically is looking to rebound after uh, suffering that broken foot he had in the playoffs. All of the key players are back that you would look to to uh, give the Penguins their offensive burst. One of the players that is out for at least tonight's contest is Teddy Bluger. He's dealing with a lingering upper body injury, which means uh, Ryan Paling is at the fourth center spot for now. And P.O. Joseph, surprisingly, looks to have earned that opening spot on the third defense pairing alongside defenseman Jan Ruda. And we talked about it uh, last week on the podcast before it was official. And I had written about it uh, a little bit that I thought Ty Smith would have beaten out uh, P.O. Joseph. But given that Ty Smith doesn't have to go through waivers and the Penguins can send him down to Wilkes-Barre, I'm assuming the Penguins gave this opportunity to Joseph. Uh, I view it as a make or make it or break it scenario for P.O. Joseph, who really hasn't, he hasn't shown that he was deserving of being that 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 prize jewel piece of the Phil Kessel trade. So, Robbie, I'll ask you this. We, we knew that going into camp, there weren't a lot of open positions. We kind of knew everything was set in stone after the big contract negotiations uh, were finalized. Um, whether it be through injury to one of their other defensemen or potentially subpar play on the part of P.O. Joseph, how how soon is it before you think we see Ty Smith back in Pittsburgh and potentially P.O. Joseph wearing a different colored uniform, maybe with a completely different franchise? Really, based on what we saw in preseason and training camp, I think I was just as shocked as uh, about anyone when uh, P.O. Joseph was the one making the roster uh, over Ty Smith uh, to start the season. Ty Smith, again... There's some logistics going on with Ty Smith not having to go through waivers and not wanting to lose P.O. Joseph for nothing. So I understand some of the Penguins thinking there, uh, but I don't anticipate it lasting uh, very long. I think Ty Smith did more than enough to earn that spot uh, on on the roster. I think he will be up in this um, with the big club here in the next uh, couple weeks, maybe before they go out west. Uh, especially if P.O. Joseph struggles, uh, that could be a big turning point as well. 
I think that it will only be a matter of time before Ty Smith uh, is in the regular roster because I think he did more than enough uh, to make that make this team. And I really don't think the Penguins gave up a guy like John Marino to get a guy that's going to sit in the AHL and um, just fester down there. He's played two seasons at the NHL level. Obviously, some concern about his play, especially in the defensive end. We talked about that a little bit last week. But I think overall, Ty Smith is an NHL regular, should be on this team. Some waiver issues made him a little – some waiver and salary cap issues made him a little more – I don't want to say expendable because they didn't totally get rid of him. They didn't trade him away or release him or anything. But they made him kind of a a, a minor or temporary casualty – of this early season roster shuffle before everything can be worked out. But I think um, Ty Smith is that guy in the long run. Uh, P.O. Joseph, maybe it's just an audition for another team or whatever the Penguins decide to do. Um, But I think that obviously Ty Smith's the guy. They paid a high price for him in John Marino uh, to get him. So I think overall it is Ty Smith's job to lose and he will be up here in the very near future. Let's stay with the defense, Robbie, and and talk about another defenseman who was at the forefront of of trade rumors for quite a while and ended up staying with the Pittsburgh Penguins, that defenseman being Marcus Pedersen. You talked about it. Uh, The Penguins are up against the salary cap at last check. They have roughly $80,000 available in salary cap space. And and there was some talk that maybe Marcus Pedersen could have been shipped out potentially to Jim Rutherford, Patrick Alvine, and the Vancouver Canucks. But according to Sportsnet's uh, Elliot Friedman, the reputable hockey insider, uh, he was told to pour some cold water on those potential trade flames. It looks like Pedersen will be staying with the black and gold, at least for now. Uh, I know Mike Sullivan had said in some preseason and training camp interviews that he wanted to see if Pedersen and Jeff Petrie could develop some chemistry. Well, Uh, It looks like he won't be going to Vancouver because Vancouver has exactly zero dollars in cap space after becoming the first team in NHL history to maximize their long-term injured reserve salary relief to every single available dollar. Thanks for Hooks Orpik over at Pennsburg.com for finding that little nugget of information that I can relate to you here. Uh, I thought that was absolutely incredible when... uh, just reading about that, uh, $0 thanks to all of the LTIR usage that they are using. But uh, getting back to the Penguins part of the conversation, Marcus Pedersen, still a Pittsburgh Penguin, uh, given the Penguins and their salary cap crunch, maybe he gets traded uh, at the trade deadline this year. Obviously, we'll have to see where the Penguins are uh, come March and April. But Seeing, Robbie, that the cold water has been poured over the Marcus Pedersen trade negotiations, uh, how confident are you in in Pedersen's game? I know he has been much maligned, and he's been the scapegoat over the last season, season and a half, just because of his cap hit. I know every team in the NHL is vying for cap space. That's, I mean, for the first time in a long time, maybe since I started watching hockey, teams were just trading to get cap relief. That That was the asset coming back in other other parts of the trade of trades that were made in the offseason was just the 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 cap space because of the flat salary cap. So Robbie, given that Marcus Pedersen is is still here for now, how confident are you in his game to round out that top four uh with Jeff Petrie and hopefully provide some 
some solid defensive metrics for the Penguins in their top four. Obviously, kind of a lightning rod player is Marcus Pedersen, and it feels like this is the third or fourth offseason now we've talked about the Penguins uh, maybe moving on from him to free up some salary cap space. But with new pair mate, I guess, is I don't know if I just made up that word or not, uh, in town and Jeff Petrie, the Penguins want to give that a shot. Uh, Petrie has an offensive game. Petrie is also a very big player at the very long reach, the same kind of as Marcus Pedersen, though Pedersen doesn't have the upside of uh, the offensive upside of like a Petrie. Uh, so they're going to give that uh, duo a whirl, and I think that they're going to do everything to make that that pairing work this season. And I don't necessarily hate um, Marcus in, Peterson staying in Pittsburgh, especially when he felt like a uh, and or candidate uh, for a trade with John Marino. And obviously, we just mentioned Marino uh, now in New Jersey and Ty Smith here in Pittsburgh. Um, so yeah, Marcus Peterson, you want to keep some experience on that blue line. You have guys like Chad Ruedel and Mark Friedman, but I don't know if those guys are necessarily top four defensemen, second pairing defensemen uh, with a guy like Petrie. Uh, Pedersen brings a more defensive approach uh, to that position uh, and the experience uh, there. And I mean, yeah, he's expensive, but he's not what's breaking the bank necessarily. There's some other contracts on this team that I look at that uh, could be more of a factor in the tight cap situation at the moment. But I really do like um, Marcus Petters is still in town. Now, could I sour on that uh, in the coming, in the coming weeks? Absolutely. If he turns out that he just doesn't have it, then maybe I'd be a little more open to them making a deal. There was obviously the Canucks were a big name in that. I know that um, we spent fans spent most of the summer uh, begging for a JT Miller trade um, that would have likely involved Marcus Pedersen, but that's obviously out the window at this point um, with JT Miller resigning in Pittsburgh or in Vancouver and uh, Marcus Pedersen uh, kind of being taken off the trade block for the time being. So I like Marcus Pedersen in Pittsburgh. I like him with Jeff Petrie. I think they complement each other well and they're a solid second pairing. And I'm interested to see how that, that chemistry builds as the season goes along uh, and kind of becoming a very nice backstop to the Latang Dumlin pairing uh, that will see the ice most of the time. So Robbie, uh, before we wrap up this edition of the, the podcast, uh, we don't have a mailbag for you this week, but there was one thing that I wanted to talk about as we get ready to drop the puck on another season of Penguins hockey. Uh, our own Mike Darnay put out uh, put out a nice piece on Pensburg.com that really puts it into perspective for how long and how rare it is that Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, and Chris Letang have been together. Uh, Crosby, Malkin, and Letang, uh, with those three players playing together this season, are joining a very rare list of sports figures going into their 17th season together. Uh, Darnay notes that this feat has only been achieved one other time among NHL players, Major League Baseball players, NFL players, or NBA players. And it occurred from 1995 to 2011 with Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, and Jorge Posada with the New York Yankees. And uh, as we wrap up this edition of the podcast, Robbie, um, just give some 
some off the cuff remarks about what the big three have have meant to you. I think this is so rare that not a lot of people either put it into perspective for themselves or take the time to realize how in a salary cap league like the NHL with players like Latang and Malkin, because Crosby was never going to go anywhere the day he was drafted. Chris Latang and Evgeny Malkin have been criticized uh, a lot over the course of their long careers here in Pittsburgh. Uh, they've been criticized by local media members, national media members. Uh, they've been criticized by fans on social media, Facebook comments, whatever. All three of these players staying together, entering their 17th season, is a remarkable feat. I mean, Evgeny Malkin, you could argue, could be a number one center on maybe 25 out of the 32 teams. In his prime, he absolutely would have been a number one center on the 29 other teams that were in the league at the time. Uh, but Robbie, as we sit here getting ready to watch another year of Crosby, Malkin, and Latang as they enter their twilight years, having the big three back together after some uh, some rough contract negotiations this summer, uh, put it into, put it into perspective for yourself. W what does it mean for you as as a Penguins fan who watches the big three on a nightly basis and looks like all three of them are going to finish out their careers with one another as teammates? What they've done is pretty remarkable in the time in a age of free agency and it's obviously a little easier to do. Uh, maybe it's not easier to do in a, a cap league because you have three guys there that could be making much more than what they are, especially a guy like Crosby, who's made basically 8.7 million against a salary cap his entire career outside of maybe his entry level contract. So that is that in itself is pretty absurd. The amount, the, below market price that Sidney Crosby has come in on during his illustrious career. And the same can be said for Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang as well. Letang could have easily been a $9, $10 million defenseman on the open market. I mean, it's tough to say when his peak is because he is still, I mean, last season was one of his best seasons at the age of 34, 30, whatever he is now, that it's just so impressive what he's been able to put together that he probably would have garnered boo-goo bucks on the free agent market, even at that age, just because of what he can do on what he can do on the ice. And it makes uh, that contract. Obviously people look at the six years. Listen, it's been said by literally everybody that follows the penguins. It's not about what happens in year four, five and six of that contract. This is about this year, next year and the year after basically the next three years are the main focus and then anything after that's a complete bonus. Uh, you have the playoff streak. Um, Evgeny Malkin has never missed the playoffs as a player. Uh, Chris Letang has never missed the playoffs as a player. Sidney Crosby missed his rookie year before those two were even the picture. So as a trio, they've never missed the Stanley Cup playoffs. They've won three Stanley Cups. They've gone to four finals. They've gone to another Eastern Conference final uh, in there as well. They have numerous... Uh, All-Stars, you have Hart Trophies, you have Conn Smythe Trophies, you have unmitigated success that is not seen in a modern-day sports setting. Uh, what they've done as a trio is 
is really there's no real it's almost leaves you speechless because you haven't seen anything like this in the game of hockey maybe ever as a trio of of great players maybe i mean you had Gretzky Lemieux or not Gretzky Francis Lemieux and Yager uh, together in Pittsburgh for a short while but never uh almost two decades worth of their career together and what it's meant to Pittsburgh i mean just look at how hockey mad this city is even when they don't win the cup this place is going crazy there's so much anticipation uh for this season that i see on twitter uh and just around in general to get this thing rolling because um, what these guys have done you have guys now that you have players now that are getting drafted uh into the nhl they grew up idolizing these guys what it's done for uh, youth hockey in the area has been well documented. What it's done for college hockey in the area, Robert Morris, uh, get, before they shut their program down, now reviving it, were making the NCAA tournament were a very good uh, co- collegiate level team. Penn State has a collegiate level team now that's very good. Uh, you see so much more youth hockey, uh, even out here in Johnstown, uh, more than it was kind of in between the Mario and uh, Crosby era there, even though they did overlap a little bit. I grew up with Mario. I know how much fun it is to cheer for a team that wins hockey like this. Yeah, you wish that they could win the cup every year, but that's obviously impossible. It's, yeah, it's just, it's a statistical impossibility to do that, but we got three cups out of it. We can hope for four. Hey, if it happens, it happens. That's awesome. We'll celebrate that like it's our first. But if they don't win another cup, we still have five banners hanging from the roof, three from this era, this 87, 71, and 58 era. All three numbers are going to be hanging from the rafters someday. Um, all You could argue that they deserve a trio statue outside of PPG, PPG Paints Arena once their careers are done. All three should arguably be in the Hall of Fame. I can make a case for Crystal Tang being in the Hall of Fame. Won't say he'll make it, but we know at least 87 and 71 will. Um, currently, The Athletic is running a uh, special talking about the 100 greatest players of the modern NHL era. I believe it's from 1967 when the Penguins came into the NHL till now. Crystal Tang was in there at 99, and you know the 71 and 87 are going to be on that list as well. So, yeah, it's been what they've done for the city of Pittsburgh and hockey uh, will never be repaid in full. Um, I'm glad that uh, that they get to do this in Pittsburgh for the rest of their careers. They get to go out, um, hopefully go out as teammates, uh, retire in the Penguin sweater and see those numbers raised to the rafters uh, and hang there together for the rest of history. Uh, when it's all said and done, because what they've done for the Penguins, uh, this game of hockey in Pittsburgh, uh, can never be fully stated. It's been an incredible run, and I'm glad we get to enjoy it for a couple more years. 3,030 games played, 1,105 goals scored, 2,100 assists, a total of 3,205 points, 
103 playoff games won, which is good for 10 more than any other franchise during the salary cap era. All of those accomplishments that I just listed are the result of Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang playing together as they enter their 17th season as teammates and brothers, as they often refer to one another. We are incredibly spoiled in this town. Robbie, uh, you absolutely hit the nail on the head. We have cup banners. We're going to have retired numbers when this is all said and done between the, these three players. Uh, Pittsburgh has been an incredibly fortunate, spoiled hockey town over the last over the last 30 years uh, since the first Cups were won in the early 90s. I mean, so much could be said, and, and we can sit here for hours and hours and hours and talk about the greatness of these three players, the greatness of Lemieux and Yager when they were in their primes. But I, I say it on this podcast often, and I'll say it again here. Don't take it for granted. Even as these three players, Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, are entering the final years of their career, uh, do not take it for granted because you don't know if or when, after all three of these players retire, when those good times uh, will roll back around and uh, we're walking down the boulevard of the Allies celebrating another Stanley Cup championship. But that's where we're going to leave the discussion for this week. This time next week when uh, we rejoin you, we'll have more meaningful game action to talk about and break down as the regular season will be underway. For Robbie Noggle, I have been Garrett Bahanna. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pennsburg Podcast. Enjoy the Pittsburgh Penguins as they get set to drop the puck on what hopes to be another fun season. And we will speak to all of you this time next week.